Midland. This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mid. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. Whistling inside with a two-hand flush. To college. Just wait until March, bro. To the pros. Dear Ben Johnson, I deeply apologize for anything I said about you. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. Welcome into a football Friday. That's right. I don't care that there's not football being played this weekend. Every Friday is still a football Friday. I'm trying to figure out what what do we talk about on this Friday, the first Friday we've had on this show with no football to be played. And I wanted to bring to you guys a Detroit Lions wish list. What do you want throughout this offseason? What are the most important things for the Lions to address? And I know a lot of people are going to instantly come to their head. We have to fix this secondary. We have to get Aiden Hutchinson some help. Those are priorities one and two. I'm going to argue against that. Obviously, those are are, are things we need. Those are things the Lions need to address at some point, but I don't think it's the most important thing. Listen, you can argue the most important thing was bringing back Ben Johnson. You can argue the most important thing was bringing back Aaron Glenn. Check and check. The next thing you have to do if you're the Lions, is make sure what made you special in 2023 makes you special in 2024. That's the offensive line. You've got two guys, both of your guards, pending free agents. It's got to be priority number one to bring these guys back because that right there is the backbone of this team. That right there is why they got all the way to the NFC Championship. Jared Goff doesn't have an MVP-type season without this offensive line. Jameer Gibbs doesn't run for 5.2 yards per carry without this offensive line. That's how this team has built their success. So you go through everything that this offensive line did in 2023. 134 rush yards per game. Sixth. The only teams ahead of that. Buffalo, Arizona, San Francisco, Chicago, and Baltimore. What do all those teams have in common besides San Francisco? They've got a mobile quarterback. The Lions don't have that, yet they still manage to get into that group of most rushing yards per game. 4.6 yards per attempt, that's fifth. If you want to break that down into each running back, Jameer Gibbs, like I said, 5.2 yards per attempt, fourth in the NFL. Barry Sanders' career average was five yards per attempt. Jameer Gibbs went over that. In his first year as a rookie, that has to be credit to the offensive line. Walter Payton, 4.4 rush yards per attempt. Emmett Smith, 4.2. I'm not trying to tell you Jameer Gibbs is better than all those Hall of Fame guys, those first ballot Hall of Fame guys, but it does put an emphasis on this offensive line was special in 2023. I think a lot of people would argue it was the best offensive line in football. And then David Montgomery more so represents the average of 4.6 yards per carry, but still top 10, ninth. He had two different running backs go in the top 10 in yards per carry. You had seven rushing first downs per game. You had 27 total rushing touchdowns on the season, tied for first in all of football. You own the red zone. You own the end zone in the run game. Both running backs were over 2.5 yards per attempt before contact. Before contact. They're getting two and a half yards. Again, credit to the offensive line. 
1.9 sacks per game, and now we get into the passing stats, 1.9 sacks per game for Jared Goff. That's fifth. 2.59 seconds to throw the ball. That's fifth. And Jared Goff, of every quarterback in the NFL, even considering the guys like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes who are better at anybody in the history of football at avoiding sacks and buying themselves time, Jared Goff threw more passes when he had over 2.5 seconds than anybody in the league. Led the league in attempts. Why? Because he has all the time in the world because of this offensive line. Panay Sewell's a special player, 23 years old. Future Hall of Famer. To say that about a 23-year-old is ridiculous. Allowed one sack all season long. Best run blocking grade PFF-wise by four points. I mean, it's not even close. That's the biggest difference from one to two in any position in all of football. And that's all offensive line, not just tackles. The fact that Panay Sewell's making $7.5 million next season is one of the biggest steals in the league. And if the Lions want to extend him, say to hell with that fifth-year option and just give this guy a bag, good for him. He deserves it. Frank Ragnow, PFF says he's the third-best offensive lineman in the NFL. Take what you want with that information. He did allow one sack all season long, only six QB hits, and had the best run block grade of all centers. He signed through 2026. Decker, eh, slower year. Eight sacks allowed, but four game, uh, but four of those were in one game. That was that Bears game on the road. Tough game, but besides that, it was pretty good all season long. His contract runs through next season. Still, really good. Not great anymore compared to Panay Sewell and Frank Ragnow, but really good. More bad games starting to pop up although he did play the best game of the season against Tampa in the playoffs when it mattered. And then you get into the guys who are free agents. Jonah Jackson, Graham Glasgow. Jonah Jackson allowed two sacks all season. And yes, we are still talking offensive line because that's the bread and butter of this team. It's what they need to fix. Jonah Jackson allowed two sacks all season long. Only eight QB hits. And he missed six games, which realistically should knock his price tag down a little bit. That's kind of the big question mark surrounding Jonah Jackson, whether or not the Lions want to extend him. It's his injury history. I say to hell with that. You have to bring him back. Same thing with Graham Glasgow. He allowed three sacks, eight QB hits, 19 games, didn't start week one. There is mutual interest to bring him back already, uh, according to Justin Rogers from the Detroit News. But he's probably going to want a little bit more, more money, rightfully so, because he's earned it. You have two guys who are free agents, both of them as your guards. And what you can't do is, in this offseason, treat it like it doesn't matter. You can't go all in on the secondary, start paying all these guys, and then think to yourself, we'll just find someone to plug in and play at these two guard spots. That's not how this works. Because if you do that, and you just look for a name to replace Jonah Jackson and Graham Glasgow, you could walk into next season with the 10th best offensive line. Doesn't sound too bad until you realize... The offense isn't the same. Jared Goff's not as protected. You can't run up the middle as much. It has to be priority number one. Because if you run out there with Colby Soresdale as one of your starting guards next year, it's going to turn into a problem. He was the fifth-round rookie this year, played five games. And if you know anything about the PFF grades, green, good, blue, great. I mean, he played five games. PFF has run block grades, pass block grades, and offensive grades for each. So he has 15 little grades. All of them are red or orange. (laughs) I don't think I need to say much. You probably can fill in the blank as to what that means. It's not too great. He's allowing 10% 10, 10 of 
pass snaps he played, he allowed a pressure. It's terrible. The point is you can't just roll into next season and not make sure you're walking in with the best offensive line in football. Otherwise, you're not the Detroit Lions in 2023 that got to the NFC Championship. To me, that's priority number one. If you don't assure yourself you have the best line in football, you might have already shot yourself in the foot. Go ahead and fix the secondary. It might not matter. And by the way, if you don't do it and you think to yourself, oh, we'll just fix it midseason, not how that works. Impossible to find offensive linemen midseason. It just doesn't work that way. Plus, Jared Goff getting pressure from up the middle. I mean, it's one thing coming from the side. You can step up in the pocket. Jared Goff's an all right navigator of the pocket. But if it's coming from the interior, you're done. There's nowhere to go. We all know Jared Goff's one of the most immobile quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the most immobile quarterback, which isn't a knock on Jared Goff because he was fantastic with this offensive line. So what I'm saying is you can't screw this up. If we're going to run through our Lions wish list on this football Friday with no football being played this weekend, in my opinion, you have to bring back the O-line. You have to re-sign Jonah Jackson and Graham Glasgow. Maybe everyone's turned their radio off because I'm talking offensive line. That's fine. It's the biggest priority. It might be boring, but that is how the Lions got to the NFC Championship. 989-837-6125. What is the most important thing for the Lions to address this offseason? Are you with me or you think it's something else? 989-837-6125. Because if you ask me, this offensive line has to be retained. Now, we'll get into the other stuff. I've got a few more things that I think the Lions need to address this offseason if we're talking about the Lions' wish list, the Lions' needs for the offseason. Let's get through this together. 989-837-6125. That's the number to the Frick Sports Bar text line. Let's have some fun on a Friday. On the payoff, Ben Bosher here, getting ready to rock and roll. Um, man, it, it is weird that we're heading into the first weekend with no football in a long time. This gap between NFC Championship, AFC Championship weekend, and the Super Bowl, it just feels too long. You've got these Pro Bowl events. I don't, I don't, does anybody watch this? Absolutely not. All right, let's keep it rolling on a football Friday. What are the Lions' biggest needs of the offseason? What's your wish list? 989-837-6125. We'll hit it next on the payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Lakes Bay Region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. 989-837-6125. We're kicking off the first footballist Friday with a football conversation because that's just the way we do it. I know the Lions season's over, but you know, the NFL season never really dies. Second year season ends, you start mocking up drafts, you got this, you start looking at free agents, and this isn't necessarily a free agent preview show, but you do have to start looking at your own team in, in terms of all right, what guys are coming back? What guys are free agents? The Lions right now have 17 starters coming back, and that doesn't include the pending free agents. You've got the seventh most cap space in all of football. You've got a lot of stuff to work with. you got to go all in if you're the Detroit Lions, if you're Brad Holmes, because the window doesn't stay open forever. And I don't want people to take for granted what happened in 2023 and for everyone to think, well, we're just going to be back every year. No. If you want to be back, you have to make sure you walk into next season 
with what made you special this season, and that was you had the best offensive line in football. PFF, sack, however you want to look at it, this line was unstoppable for stretches during the season. I mean, that first half of the San Francisco game, they looked like world beaters. They were dominating San Francisco. And then the third quarter happens, everyone falls apart, whatever. But if you ask me, you have to bring back the offensive line. That's priority number one for the offseason. Bring back the two offensive linemen. Priority number two, I think this is where we can probably all start to agree on some stuff. Well, maybe not. Uh, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because I think a lot of people are so fixated on fixing the secondary, which is a problem, don't get me wrong. Cam Sutton led the league last year in yards given up. That's not necessarily a good thing, something you have to address. Yes, it is a priority, but it's not the next priority. The next priority needs to be adding a pass rusher alongside Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson led the entire NFL, the entire NFL in pressures, if you include the playoffs, at 121. Want to know who is second on the Detroit Lions in terms of pressures? Aleem McNeil, who plays from the interior. He's a run stopper. He had 43 pressures. That can't be your next guy. Unless you have like an Aaron Donald or Chris Jones defensive player defensive player of the year type of dude on the inside, that guy shouldn't be second on your team in pressures. The impact Aiden Hutchinson had on games, even when he didn't have a sack, even when he didn't have a tackle, was marvelous. Like, I don't want to know what this team ever would have looked like when he wasn't on the field. They wouldn't have gotten home to the quarterback ever, ever. 121 pressures led the league, and I get it. Like A lot of people just want to see the sack numbers. That's the only thing that matters. But a guy's against, against guys like Baker Mayfield, against guys like Matthew Stafford, those type of players, you apply pressure, it matters. Maybe not against Mahomes, maybe not against Lamar Jackson, but against immobile quarterbacks or guys that get themselves into trouble, yeah, generating pressures matters. So the other edge rushers on this team, Romeo Okwara, Julian Okwara, Charles Harris, bye. That's Captain Charles Harris. Captain Charles Harris, otherwise known as Healthy Scratch Charles Harris. Yeah, you're not going to be on the team next year. You guys are getting cut. Josh Pascal, John Kaminsky, James Houston, they'll still be around, but none of those guys scream, I'm that dude to go play alongside Aiden Hutchinson. You have to go address it. I'm sure they'll draft one, but the Super Bowl window is open now. The Lions are in a point where it's Super Bowl or bust. And unless you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, those windows close fast. They don't stay open forever. And again, I don't want people to think that the Lions are going to continue to just be in the NFC Championship year in and year out. So the point is, I'm not waiting for someone to develop at this edge rusher position. I want someone who's going to make an impact day one. Brian Burns. Brian Burns. He's going to be 26 years old by the time the season starts. This was someone that was rumored to become a Lion, or at least you know on Twitter, on social media, a lot of people pushed for the Lions to trade for someone like Brian Burns at the trade deadline. Obviously, they don't, they don't make a trade, a meaningful trade. They trade for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Basically set a fifth-round pick on fire doing that. Um, whether or not he's back, who cares? Runs like he has a piano on his back. Um, but Brian Burns, I mean, he is a free agent, and that was part of the pushback as to maybe why not to trade for Brian Burns because you don't know whether or not he's re-signing. Well, now you've got an opportunity to just go flat-out sign him. He's 
26 years old, not too old, couple Pro Bowls on his resume, only at eight sacks last season, which doesn't seem like a giant number, doesn't seem like this monster generator, but it's kind of a, a similar situation that Hutchinson found himself in where he didn't really have any help. I'm not going to argue Brian Burns is this edge that's an all-pro type of player. I don't, I don't even think he's as good as Aiden Hutchinson. But you put those guys next to each other, and I think they're both going to feast. They're both going to benefit from it. Their efficiency is going to go up. Plus, Brian Burns is the type of guy you can also play in the run game, drop back into coverage, use him however you want to do, kind of like what they were trying to do with Jack Campbell throughout the season when they were lining him up on the line of scrimmage for some reason. This is someone you can do this with. Brian Burns is perfectly capable of dropping back into coverage six, seven plays a game. That's what he did for Carolina this year. And if I was an opposing quarterback and I saw Aiden Hutchinson, Aleem McNeil, and Brian Burns all coming after me. <laughs> oh my God, I'd be shaking. I'd be shaking in my boots if those three were trying to come after me. Uh, you'd instantly have one of the better pass rush units in the NFL because Ali McNeil, again, I'm not selling you, he's one of the best interior guys in the NFL at pa rushing the pass rusher, but he is probably 5-10. to 10. Not the Aaron Donald, Chris Jones type, but I mean, 43 pressures, that's not nothing. And then you land another, maybe not superstar, but star edge rusher in Brian Burns put next to superstar Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, now you've got a unit, and now it's time to fix the secondary. Because now you're getting after the quarterback just a tick faster. There's not as much pressure on the secondary to lock up for this ridiculous amount of time. I think this is going to take more work than people realize. It's not just a cornerback away. It's not two cornerbacks away. You also have to deal with the safety room because now the Lions are in this conundrum with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who is not going to re-sign if the Lions look at, look at him and tell him, you're not going to start every single game. You're not going to play 100% of all these snaps. And I know a lot of people kind of write in C.J. as one of the starters at safety, but let's look at the numbers in the playoffs. Versus the Rams, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, 66% of the snaps. Versus the Bucks, only 53. Versus the 49ers, he only played half the snaps. C.J. Gardner-Johnson was only out there half the time. Kirby Joseph was up 82% of the time. Ify Melifonwu was up 62% of the time. C.J. Gardner-Johnson's head is too big to sign up for that. He thinks he's a stud. And if he's going to ask for a ton of money, go play for the Michigan Panthers, man. It's not working out here. And I'm not saying I don't want him here necessarily, but he's just simply not accepting that role. Because I'd rather have Ify Melifonwu, because at least I know what he can do in this scheme of Aaron Cleanse. Ify Malafonu had a ton of splash plays, sacks, interceptions, blowing people up behind the line of scrimmage. I can't name one big play C.J. Gardner-Johnson had this entire year besides the Week 18 interception that got tipped right to him. So if C.J. walks, you've got two safeties because Tracy Walker's getting cut. Sorry. He was inactive the last three weeks of the season. All three playoff games. So now you're really thin if C.J. walks and Tracy's getting cut at safety. You're really thin. Brian Branch could probably fill in, but realistically, you probably have to draft two cornerbacks and sign one. If you sign Brian Branch or, or Brian Burns, you don't need to draft an edge in that first round. That first round pick, that 29th overall pick that Brad Holmes will almost most certainly trade out of at some point, can be used on a cornerback. There you have it. One, two, three priorities for the Lions offseason. Number one, 
fix, uh, bring back the offensive line. Resign both of the guards. Number two, Aiden Hutchinson needs help desperately. And number three, you have to pretty much redo the entire secondary. Because Cam Sutton cannot be guarding Justin Jefferson uh, twice a year. Unless you want to see Justin Jefferson just continue to break records. All right, 989-837-6125. What are some of the other Lions needs of the offseason? We'll hit the Frick Sports Bar text line in just a little bit. But how about some news? All right, I got a couple things for everybody today. One of them, one of them's heartwarming. Let's start there. Teddy Bridgewater of the Detroit Lions, after announcing his retirement a couple weeks ago, has landed a head coaching job for his alma mater high school, Northwestern in Miami. Now, good, good for Teddy Bridgewater. Here's the more interesting part about it, though. Hendon Hooker is actually living with Teddy Bridgewater the rest of the summer because he's been such a good mentor towards him. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, man. Look out for Hendon Hooker. Uh, here's the next piece of news for you. Jackson, have, have you heard this? This is one of the crazy stories I've seen in, in quite some times. So this Jaguars employee stole $20 million from the organization by just taking the team credit card, using it for himself, and then ready? This is the best part. Putting all of it into FanDuel and DraftKings. This guy was this advocate gambler and he stole 20 million dollars from Jacksonville to do so now we don't have the name of this guy but we do know he was given 30 years in prison and a 500 dollar fine for all of this he lived this luxury lifestyle buying hotels penthouses hundred thousand dollar watch did this guy not think he was going to get caught at some point he stole 20 million dollars it's not like he bought a sandwich with the team card. He stole $20 million. Have fun in jail for the next 30 years, man. Uh, all right, last piece of news I have. This one's interesting. Could go a lot of different places. Big 10 SEC form an advisory group that bonds the conferences together. They're not combining. They're not merging. But what they are doing is working together. Why is this significant? This seems like an anti-NCAA pact. This seems like a, hey, if the Big Ten and SEC are in agreement with something, sorry, NCAA, you no longer have say over what we do. Because realistically, who's the more powerful entity? The team with, or the conferences with all the best teams in the country. If the SEC and Big Ten are in agreement on anything, anything at all, what are the rest of the conferences going to say? So they've essentially teamed up. They're working together, Tony Petiti um, and the SEC commissioner, working together a lot more. Uh, Greg, Greg Sankey, that's, that's the name of the SEC commissioner, working together a lot more than they did in years past, um, trying to make it a priority to essentially strengthen each other, looking out for each other, because those are the big bad wolves of college football, which essentially runs the, how the NCAA operates. There you have it. That's the news. 989-837-6125. What are your Lions off-season needs? And I've also got another question for you that we'll just touch on just a little bit. We are only 22 days away from spring training starting. Just 22 days away from the Tigers reporting down in Florida. 
Now, what the Tigers did this week was very interesting. Someone who's never stepped on a major league field received this massive $82 million contract. Probably know who we're talking about. Um, if you don't, we'll let you know next. Plus, an unexpected Detroit sports figure is going to try to match the energy of Dan Campbell and the Lions that they brought to the city. That's next on The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Back to The Payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. 989-837-6125. This is the number of the Frick Sports Bar text line. You guys can chime in with your Lions off-season needs. I say priority number one, retaining the offensive line. Jonah Jackson, Graham Glasgow, both centers, free agents. Got to bring them back. Number two, getting help for Aiden Hutchinson. You got to bring in a vet. You got to bring in someone who's ready to make an impact day one. I'm not waiting around for anybody to develop when the Super Bowl window is like this. It's open. It doesn't stay open for very long. Number three, completely redo the secondary. CJ Garner-Johnson, you can go play for a different team if you're going to ask for a ton of money. Odds are you're not playing over Ify Malafonu anyway. Sorry, man. Just the way it is. Um, and Kirby Joseph. Listen, Kirby Joseph's going to be the starter next year. I just have maturity questions for him at this point uh, with the way he handled everything on social media after, uh, after the playoff loss. 500 tweets in 24 hours. That is, in fact... A real stat. 989-837-6125. Um, an unexpected Detroit sports figure trying to match Dan Campbell's energy. Just one moment on that. First, let's make some money. Lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. So I've actually got two locks of the day today. Maybe even three, depending on how we're feeling. Um... So the NBA All-Star voting came out yesterday. The NBA All-Star teams were announced. And every year there's a couple guys who don't make it and it's they make a big fuss about it. They should have been All-Stars even though you can't name someone that they should have replaced. That's the thing. For anyone who gets snubbed from the All-Star game, tell me who you're taking off the team. There's just not enough All-Star spots. And I'm not saying there needs to be more. I'm just saying it's really hard to be an All-Star in today's NBA. Well, the day after that, I call it, I should have been an all-star day. We're starting out with Trey Young, who's over under is 27 and a half. You can actually get that for plus odds. Trey Young has been, quote unquote, snubbed from the all-star game two years in a row. Today is the day he proves to everyone why he, quote unquote, should have been an all-star, even though he shouldn't have been an all-star because the Hawks have been underperforming. Uh, so I'm taking over 27 and a half against the Phoenix Suns tonight. Again, that's plus money. The other lock of the day I have, first time ever, two locks. Same exact situation. It's I should have been an all-star day. De'Aaron Fox, if you're going to make a case that anyone should have been an all-star, it, it, it probably starts with De'Aaron Fox. Um, he's averaging 27 on the year. That's exactly what his over-under is tonight, 27 and a half. Even odds against... The Indiana Pacers, this is going to be high scoring. There's going to be a lot of shots put up in transition. I expect a ton of points in this one. So I'll take De'Aaron Fox and Trey Young's over for the lock of the day, assuming these guys are going to be wanting to prove that they should have been all-stars. There you have it. That was lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. So there is someone in Detroit sports who noticed everything that Dan Campbell did this season. 
Notice the energy he brought to the Lions and to the city and how much the city rallied behind it. Um, Jeff Greenberg, the new Tigers GM, was on the ticket this week and essentially said, we have to match that energy. We saw what the Lions did for the city, how much everyone rallied behind it, and now we want to do that. Obviously, everybody knows the Detroit Lions broke their playoff drought of winning a game, which lasted 30 years. The Tigers, which is supposed to be one of the most historic franchises in the MLB, nine-year playoff drought. That's tied with the Angels for the longest in the majors. You've had teams relocate since then. New city teams selling, buying. I mean, the Angels have historically been known as one of the worst-run organizations in sports. They have Shohei Otani, or they did have Shohei Otani, and Mike Trout, and still couldn't make the playoffs. And the Tigers are tied for the longest drought in the MLB with that team. Now, that could all change this season. Granted, I understand. I know what everyone's thinking. This division sucks. Sure, that's that's fine. The Tigers can go win a bad division, then get killed in the playoffs. All you have to do is make the playoffs. All you have to do is break this drought. That's what it was for the Lions, right? You just had to win a playoff game and the season would be a success. The Tigers make the playoffs. I don't care if you're playing in the AL Central or the NFC West. It doesn't matter. You made the playoffs. The season was successful. And a lot of people forget the Tigers finished the season stronger than anybody. I mean, they finished 17-10 and 10 in September. They finished the season 35-17 and 17 against the AL Central, which, again, I know is not a good division. But that's tied with the Braves for the best in-division record in all of baseball. Spring spring training is just 22 days away. And the Tigers decide, you know what? Our guy Colt Keith, one of our top prospects in the pipeline. We're going to give you $82 million and lock you down until 2030. Ben Clevenger, producer, gives the thumbs up on the deal. A lot of people are asking themselves, why? How do you give a contract to someone who's never played an MLB game? Well, if you go listen to what Jeff Greenberg had to say about he, foaming at the mouth talking about Colt Keith's worth ethic and all the intangibles he's, br- he's brought to the Tigers organization, the leadership. I mean, you would have thought this guy was talking about prime Miguel Cabrera. He, he's drooling over him. He loves him. And I'm all in on it. If the Tigers are going to be all in on their youth, their Guys coming up in the pipeline, which, by the way, the Tigers have four guys in the top 100 in the pipeline now. How about that? For a long time, it was we had we had the worst-run pipeline, the worst-run minor league system of all the teams in the MLB. Now there's four guys in there, and odds are we're going to see a couple of them this season. Cole Keith could be the starting second baseman as soon as this year. Uh, that, that seems to be the expectation coming out of camp. He still has to earn it, but... Odds are he's probably going to get that starting second base job because they chose not to address that in free agency. Another Tigers news, Casey Mize is healthy for the first time in, I don't know, maybe ever. I don't I don't know what to expect of Casey Mize at this point uh, coming off the Tommy John surgery. But you got to hope he can bring something. Uh, you got to hope he can bring something. So I mentioned those four Tigers in the MLB Top 100 pipeline. Max Clark, first round pick this year, coming in at 13. At the low A level, Colt Keith, second baseman. Odds are he's going to debut as soon as opening day. Listed as 22nd. Jackson and Job, right-hand pitcher that we actually saw right here at Dow Diamond last year. High A level, ranked 25th. 
And then there's Jace Young, who's playing at the double-A level, second baseman, third place baseman, uh, interior. Listen, I get it. They play in a bad division. They've been bad for a decade. But look at this starting lineup. Parker Meadows, Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, Kerry Carpenter, free agent signing Matt uh, Kanha, Colt Keith, Javi Bot. Like, I, they're putting something together here. And they've got these young guys in the pipeline who are coming up. They're ready to give contracts to people who haven't even been on the major league field yet. I mean, essentially what this contract was for Colt Keith was, if he's what we believe he's going to be, well, we're going to look back at this contract and it's going to be an absolute steal. If in 2030 this guy is who we think he's going to be, a multi-time all-star, someone who's hitting a ton, yeah, this is going to be an absolute steal of a contract. But then there's obviously always the downside of this. Again, he's never played a game. Like, remember Spencer Torkelson, how we reacted to his rookie season, even to start last year? I mean, it was rough. It was rough. He started out the year, really the first half of the season, one of the worst hitters in baseball. He wasn't hitting for power, and he wasn't getting on base. What are you doing? Well, guess what? He turned things around. He started hitting things out of the park. And all of a sudden, it looks like the Tigers have a real cleanup hitter who is capable of hitting a bomb at any point. They even threw the expectation around to Jeff Greenberg on the ticket asking, do you think it's realistic that Torkelson can get the 40 this year? Now, to put that expectation onto someone, I think, is is bananas. But, hey, man, Tigers on the rise. Lions go all the way to the NFC Championship. The Red Wings in prime playoff position right now. We're in the all-star break for the NHL. Tigers have an opportunity to go take one of those top spots in terms of Detroit sports. Now, the Lions are always going to be number one, at least for the foreseeable future. But the Red Wings and the Tigers, now they're competing right now. Pistons, <laughs> garbage. Uh, there you have it. All right, 989-837-6125. Still got a little bit of time before we send it off to John, who's covering some high school hoops tonight. Uh, a big one showing down between Bullet Creek and Noble High School. You're not going to want to miss it. Coverage starts at 650. What's everyone laughing about? Ben Clevenger, you got something to say? It's Nouvelle. Nouvelle High School. That's where I went to high school. Oh, so geez. that's why Brad looked at me. When did you graduate? Uh, 2021. Right. Uh, all right. Well, stay tuned. 650. We'll have pregame coverage for that. Until then, 989-837-6125. This is the number to the Frick Sports Bar text line. I've got a little thing to say about the Pro Bowl. When we come back, um, the Lions sent a bunch of guys there. Listen, this is a meaningless flag football game, but there are some competitions that are going on that the Lions are competing in. Hey, if I can bet on this, I'll watch it. Uh, 989-837-6125. You're listening to the payoff fueled by forward end. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. All right, let's keep things rolling here on the payoff. 989-837-6125. You guys are listening to the payoff fueled by Forward Energy right here on 100.9 The Minute. Just a few more minutes until we send it out to John, who's covering some high school hoops. I'm trying to do a show. John's trying to prep for his game, and I'm getting text messages and tweets about the New York Knicks from him right now. John, you gotta. we're not in the New York market anymore, man. <laughs> 
I know they're they're fun, they're exciting, but man, oh man, for if I had a dollar every time this guy tried to talk the Knicks with me, I'd be a, I'd be a rich man. I'd be a rich man. Um, all right, here we go. This weekend is not only the NHL All Star Game, but the NFL Pro Bowl weekend, which, in my opinion, is the worst Pro Bowl All Star weekend there is in sports. They try to change it every single year, and and they've gotten to the point where it's just flag football. I don't I don't really think anybody's watching this uh, at this point. Even though Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Sam Laporta are all going to be competing in that little flag football game. Whatever, but they they did bring in a few other events, and I want to know if anyone's actually watching this. Is it worth my time to see a dodgeball game that Jameer Gibbs and Amon Ross St. Brown are going to be competing in? I think that already that did already happen today. But Sunday, there's there's a few more competitions that the Lions are in. This one's interesting. I think I might actually tune into this. A strength competition where a team of five players must push 3,000 pounds of weight off of a wall and then pull 2,000-pound wall across the finish line. So Panay Sewell is essentially competing in this with whoever else is on his team. Um, I, I guess. You know what would be more entertaining? Just watching Panay Sewell and Aaron Donald have a wrestling match. Like, can we have Aaron Donald and Panay Sewell have, like, either a bench-off or they're in a sumo circle or just doing something? Like, I, they're just pushing dead weight in this. Same with this gridiron gauntlet. A relay race slash obstacle course with four teams of six. Aiden Hutchinson and Panay Sewell are going to be in that. Like, is anyone really tuning in their TV and being like, oh, I can't wait to watch this, this relay race, this obstacle course? Let's let these guys play basketball. Let's let these guys play a pickup game of basketball or have a dunk contest. Let's find out who the best dunker is in the NFL. It's better than this relay race that they're doing. Let's line them up. Let's Whoever wants to wrestle can wrestle. Let's see who the best offensive lineman in the NFL is in the sumo ring. Same with this tug of war. Like Aiden Hutchinson's competing in this tug of war competition. Who cares? Who cares? No, t- no, tug of war. Who's going to watch that on TV? Like, maybe it'd be cool to watch in person if you're down in Orlando. But in terms of television watching, I, I don't know. It's just it doesn't draw my interest, even a little bit. Uh, now, NFL players competing in different sports, that's something. You imagine Aiden Hutchinson trying to put on skates, get on the ice? That's something I'd watch. Or a bunch of Tyreek Hill playing basketball? No, I don't want our best players to get hurt. I just want to see something entertaining because the NFL fails every single Pro Bowl to come up with anything creative that people want to watch. If they could play some different sports, man, that and if I could bet on it, now I'm interested. Because even right now, you're not allowed to bet on the flag football game that they play, um, which, I mean, is what it is. I have this ongoing theory, too, that if you put on the pads and didn't televise the event, it would be like it was back in the... You hear these players from back in the day talk about how the Pro Bowl used to be. And it was... They would play the wide receivers' corners. They were going hard. But, like, it, there was a just a written, unwritten rule that you just don't try to knock each other out. You don't try to kill each other. And nowadays, no, just no one cared when they still did the padded-up football. But I think if you didn't televise the event, there was no cameras there, 
I think they'd actually try a little bit harder. I think it'd be like, okay, we got to put on a show for the people that are actually here. Because if it's televised, it's this product, there's ads everywhere, it's about this, like, it's it's this pushed product. Whereas you could make it untelevised, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Rucker Park in New York. Back in the day, yes, yes. Because back in the day, no cameras, you're just playing to play because you love it. You take the cameras out in Orlando, and only the people there get to see what's going on. Who knows, I, I think you get a little bit more effort out from everyone. Uh, Logan chiming in on the Frick Sports Bar text line. Haven't seen tug of war since elementary school. Let's get old fashioned arm wrestling. Arm wrestling. Who would be the best arm wrestler in the NFL? Have to be like Aaron Donald, right? Nick Bosa? Someone with massive cannons? <laughs> uh, all right. There you have it. We've got John covering some high school hoops uh, in just a second, um, but we'll be back on Monday for another week of the payoff. Thanks for listening, guys. That was the payoff, and I hope it was worth it.